0: gonna be a choose your own adventure today because there's so much we can talk about in 30 minutes of socks my friend choose your own adventure you're going to steer the ship for not only me but
1: for the listener okay so my job then like you know, every choose your own adventure book i ever read as a kid is just to not die so do i have to like put my finger on the page like no 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 <laughs> wait 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 I'm, I'm gonna go back i'm gonna go back we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna make friends with the alien right i didn't want to go to page 62 i wanted to go to page 74 exactly exactly because page 62 is
0: a horrible death
1: Those books are traumatizing.
0: Older people know what we're talking about. Younger people are completely confused. Uh, Here's the deal. Younger
1: people, there's this thing called a library. They have those (laughs) books there usually. Go and check them out. Here's the deal. Uh, We can talk about just the magic
0: of the evening at Cork and Carry at the park when Nancy Faust was there on Tuesday playing her organ and the people that came by and just the entire scene over at Cork the official home of Sox in the basement uh, 33rd and Princeton shadow of the ballpark big beautiful bar indoor outdoor seating great food it was live for the last couple of days especially with the Cubs playing the Sox it always is live but it was just the best place to be Like, if you wanted to experience the ballpark over the last couple of days with a crowd and with a little bit of excitement because of the Crosstown rival, that was the place to be. Uh, Get out there with the whole family beforehand, afterwards, uh, post-game. I did that last night. I post-gamed over at the Cork. The other options, there's two more There's the Nancy Faust thing. There's the trade. We're definitely getting to that in the show.
1: Yeah, we definitely have to talk about that.
0: Rick Hahn's comments and what the White Sox really got and what it really means for 2024 because what Rick Hahn and the team is saying doesn't match up with what they're doing. And so you you just have to look at it and laugh and say, how stupid do you think we are? We really know what's going on here. And I don't know how you're selling season tickets next year if this is the path that they're taking, but we'll get into that. And then the third option is, you can find out how I almost got into a fistfight with a man wearing a baby Bjorn and a child inside of it who came down in his Cubs jersey and looked for a fight with me while I was sitting innocently in my seat. It's a weird carnival with too many carnies when the Cubs and the Sox play each other. It's amateur hour. It's the people that go out on New Year's. And stay out all night long and get into trouble when the rest of us say, "Eh, I'm a little too old for that. They've been drinking since 11 o'clock in the morning and everybody's looking for a fight. I mean, there was a brawl right when I walked out last night where some girl in a sock shirt decided to take on a guy from behind who's singing Go Cubs Go after they win, ran up behind him and roundhoused him to the back of the head. And 50 people immediately dropped everything and started punching each other at the gate as people were walking out and all I could do is just kind of grab my wife and push her off to the side.
1: That's it. That's just people are walking out. So it, it, it's not even, we're not even talking about what they were doing walking in, which was you know, a lot, a lot more choreographed. I, I, from what I understand people in the suites were fighting. That's how bad it was. Oh, it was I know. Right. Stupid. Right? It was stupid. Well, well, let's keep going on this because you're already kind of into it here. So, okay.
0: so here's what happened. And I'm going to be honest with you folks. I don't like fighting. This is like, I'm an adult. I don't want to, I don't want to get into a fight.
1: I, I can, I can vouch for Chris. I've known him a very, very long time. And I've never known you really, really to be a fighter. Like you're not going to back down from one if somebody steps to you. Oh no, I've been in fights. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not a guy that goes looking for him. You never really were.
0: And, and, and so this is how it goes. And I, I'm going to, I'm just going to give you the whole story because it's, it's fascinating how crazy this, this, this happens. You know, when you're in a fight or you're in a situation where somebody wants to fight you, especially at just the mess that is Cubs and Sox, and I never go to this series, but it was so hard to get rid of the tickets that basically we all drew straws on who had to go into the ballpark on Wednesday night,
1: and I lost. Which is also, this is the state of the White Sox right now, is is that you you had to draw straws to see who got to go to the game. <laughs> and the loser loser went. Loser went. Loser <laughs> goes, yeah. All right, so, so I'm
0: sitting there, it's the first inning, and... You know, Cub fans don't know how to act. They they really don't. I don't know what happens in Wrigley because I don't go there. But in the first inning, there's got to be 20 people, maybe 15, standing in the aisle who don't have a seat, but they want to see Ian Hapbat. Like the guy goes, whoa, whoa, whoa we're going to watch this. Everybody come on up. Or we're going to watch this. Watch him at a home run. Buddy, you're blocking. All these people are sitting in their seats because you're just standing in the middle of the aisle. And while I'm looking at this, I noticed that behind me, there's this dude in a Cubs jersey with like a baby Bjorn on and a child in the thing. And he's just standing and he stands for the entire inning. He's in the third row. And he's the only person in the stadium in his mind. Like, who cares about the people who are standing up to try to look around him? He doesn't. He don't care. He's there. This is his night out. He's got the kid. He's about seven beers in. And he don't care if you can see the game or not. Now, he's not bugging me. But I just thought it was funny, so I sent out a tweet. I'm reading it right off Twitter. This is what I wrote. There's a Cubs fan standing the entire inning in row three with a baby strapped to his chest, while 12 more stand in the aisle without tickets. Now I understand all the fights. Well, here's the problem. He's got a big group there and some of them are Sox fans and somebody reads the tweet and they realize it's got to be this jerk because he's the only guy in the stadium standing with a baby in the third row blocking people for an inning. So they know they
1: don't don't put those out. They don't put guys with babies out to stand (laughs) in the rows. It's not like a security measure that they've done for the series. He's
0: an anomaly. You know, he's the Taylor Swift song. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. That's the guy like his own friends recognize. Oh, yeah, that's the jerk. Our friend is the jerk in this tweet. Now, nobody says anything to me because they have to figure out who sent it. That's the funny thing. I'm not wearing anything that says socks in the basement. I don't have anything that says it. So they're now they're, they are now they they must have spent innings trying to figure out who it was. And then he somehow figures the thing out. And about the fifth inning, all of a sudden this guy comes stumbling down the steps. He's behind me. I'm in row two. Comes stumbling down the steps and stands right there against the railing with his, with his kid. And he just keeps staring at me. And I kind of look over him and he's staring and then finally goes, do you have a problem with my baby? And I said, no, I don't have a problem with your baby. <laughs> Why would you have a problem with this baby? <laughs> I don't have a problem with your baby. Like, yeah, that's what I do.
1: <laughs> What's the problem with the baby?
0: I go to ball games and I pick fights with babies. That's what I have a problem with your baby. And he wasn't even a baby either, right? Like the kid had shoes on and shorts and a regular shirt and was pushing two years old. Like, I didn't put my kids in one of those things that hung off your chest past six months. This guy, he's still carrying around basically a two-year-old. Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. So you do have a problem with this baby. (laughs)
0: All I'm saying is that these are the people that would attach a leash to their kid in the park so he wouldn't run away too fast. Like, that's who these people are. They still got the two-year-old hanging to the baby Bjorn. I only notice it at this moment. It's striking me as funny. And I go, no, I don't have a problem with your baby. And he pulls out his phone and he shows me the tweet. He goes, well, you tweeted it. And I said, no, no, no. I didn't tweet about the baby. I tweeted about you standing in the middle of the row and blocking people for an inning and a half. I was tweeting about you. I don't have a problem. I, I stand by that tweet. And like these other Sox fans start going, Yeah.
1: <laughs> like
0: yeah. I was like, yeah. like everybody
1: else, you know, who's <laughs> behaving normally at a baseball game and not standing there with a two-year-old strapped to their chest is sitting there saying, Yes, yes, this is a legitimate thing. You're kind of you're dumb, that guy. Dude. Like you're the problem. Yeah. You're the ignorant
0: guy. Like you don't think you're the bad guy. But you are the bad guy. I,
1: everybody is the Everybody is Luke Skywalker in the movie of their own life, right? So this guy, this guy thinks that you're an evil White Sox fan <laughs> who hates babies <laughs> yeah, hate who are babies. too big for I baby yarns.
0: I hate babies. I just that I just despise them. I just don't want to see babies, and I get very angry when people have babies. That's what he's. That's what he's decided. Now the problem is that they have a group, and for the last couple innings, they've been playing the telephone game, but drunkenly trying to explain why my hot-headed friend here, is is so angry, right? Right. So now some girl back there says, you're a guy who did a TikTok about a baby. And I'm like, what? What? (laughs) No one. (laughs) So now the mom who's sloshed comes down the stairs because she wants to get in her two cents, but she tries to turn with her beer before she gets to the bottom where the husband is, trips over her own feet, Runs into him. His whole back with the child and her completely goes over the railing in the 300 level. They came so close to death at that point. Oh my God! A whole family throwing themselves over a railing because that's how hammered these morons were. Okay. Now that would have been a TikTok. I'm not saying I wanted to see that happen. Yeah, but that's that's how it's going. So the woman that's going viral. The woman in front of me was a Sox fan. Goes, sweetheart, you're gonna kill your kid. You got, You can't do that. <laughs> really, you can't. Yeah. You're high up. They start arguing with him and they leave. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. The guy who wanted to fight me with a baby around him. Cause he was like, I was like, are you really we're gonna have an argument while you're got a kid on you? He leaves with his wife. That's a good thing. The problem is, then you get the friend.
1: Ah, uh, and 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 this is probably not even a friend, but let me guess. He's just a guy who is standing up for the justice. Right. Of of Baby Man, another Cubs fan.
0: He comes down. He stands over me, and he goes, "We have a problem." I'm like, "I got no problem, man. I, don't, I love babies. I got three babies of my own. Like, I'm just trying to defuse the thing. Like, my wife is getting angry. Like, Erica loves to like. She's she's well, like, yeah. I, think, I, I could see
1: where I can see where she's she's starting to steam up a little bit. No,
0: no. I think deep down, she would enjoy watching her husband get into a fight. She'd be like, "Oh, this is fun." Like, I she she's bad influence. So I, I I'm like, calm down. I'm I'm just trying to watch the game. Everything's fine, buddy. That's why I told him like, everything's fine. We're good. And he leans over me and he goes, maybe I have a problem. Well, at that point, I'm sitting in a seat, Ed. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to sit in the seat while he starts punching me? I've seen that YouTube video.
1: Okay? No, it, well, that never works. I, I, You know what? I mean, just because Anakin Skywalker, I'm going to Star Wars this one again. Just because Anakin Skywalker had the high ground and ended up losing all of his limbs doesn't mean. <laughs> so
0: so I, st- I stood up and I was like, look, man, there's no reason for this to go any further. And he's like, what if I wanted to go further? And I said, well, here's the thing. I don't want to have a fight, but I'm 46 years old and I've been in a fight before. Right. And you look like the kind of guy that just kind of thinks about having fights. And as soon as I said that, his girlfriend grabbed him and was like, you don't want to fight this guy. He's really going to hit you.
1: (laughs) Right. That's the thing. You can tell. I think you can tell when somebody's been in a fight, you can tell because they have that look and that demeanor about them. Right. Because I've been in fights, too. And, and you just, you know, like you can kind of, you should be able to feel where your, where their eyes are going because they're going to look for the weak spot. He was going, I knew exactly what I was doing. I was, I was like, well, he's kind oh, of yeah. off balance. He's standing on the steps. I know. But the thing is,
0: I don't want to have it. I'm constantly saying we have no problem. Which is what you're supposed to do, right? You're not supposed to, but, but. Yeah, I'm talking in a low tone of voice. I'm not doing anything threatening. And I didn't even stand up till the guy stood over me and I was like, he's going to hit me at any minute.
1: Well, at that point, at that point, yeah, you have to get you have to get on your feet. But that was the thing; it was like that all night in the
0: park. I walked through the five hundred level. You saw people pushing each other. People go to the games to look for conflict and fights. Like I said, there was a fight outside the stadium. There was, and by the way, the girlfriend pulled them away. I, I, I want to make sure that was clear. No fight happened here, which was good. Right, but, right, right. But that, and then I left. I went and sat with the one away because I was like, you know, eighth inning. These drunks are going to come back and hit me in the back of the head because they're sitting three rows behind me, they're going to come up and hit me. So I'm just going to be a smart person because I'm not an idiot and I understand how the world works.
1: If nothing else, if nothing else, that baby is going to avenge his father. (laughs) That
0: baby probably drove home because those two weren't able to do it. But I mean, there's a reason why the Chicago police bring up all the horses. Like both days, because I was at Cork the the night before because of the Nancy Faust thing. Both days, they bring in all the trailers with all the horses. They line them all up and they got the horses out there. You want to know why? Because everybody with a brain knows it's amateur hour with Cub Socks. Most season ticket holders sell their seats. Somehow I got stuck going to it. And the whole time I was sitting there going, this is why I don't go to this. This is why I don't go to this. Like, right. it just sucks the fun out of it for you you, you know and and you know and, and the best part of the night was really at the end running into the guys from the one away going over to cork and carry at the end of the night bumped the herb lawrence who's a really nice guy like that like those were the parts of it that were fun it definitely wasn't watching the team lose and it definitely wasn't interacting with amateur hour all over the stadium so i mean seriously my advice to everybody stay away from the cross classic there's just no, I would never bring a kid at a Crosstown Classic. Are you kidding me? What if they got swept up in the fight that was outside of the, the stadium? Yeah, I had to move a 40 year old woman out of the way. If I was trying to grab a four year old, oh my goodness. While well, there was a brawl breaking out around me as you're just trying to walk out of the stadium and go to your car? It's, I mean, seriously, it's a joke. It's terrible. And anybody that goes to a game and says, I'm just going to get drunk and start a fight with a guy from the other team's fan base, you're an idiot. Okay, whether or not you have a two-year-old strapped to your chest or not. <laughs> well, that just makes it even worse. Let's face
1: it. Now, if you're going to go pick a fight, I do suggest strapping your, uh, your your son, your the hockey player, to the front of you. I'm going to strap my 15-year-old hockey player to my chest the next time I go. Yeah, I'll and let, just let him do the dirty work. So <laughs>
0: Box fans for exterior windows, doors, patio doors, and storm doors. There are no high-pressure sales. Nobody standing in your kitchen, in your living room, uh, bothering you and trying to push you into a sale when you go to window and door superstore of Oak Forest. That's because they don't show up at your home with some little dingy example window, and then they don't show you a magazine saying, well, we can put this on and we can add this add on. No, no, no. You go to the showroom, everything's full-sized right in front of you. You get to see everything. You get to plan the whole thing out with the owner in the showroom. And then there's an owner on site when the install is done by their own workers. They're not farming out the work. They're custom-fitting everything they've been doing it that way. In Oak Forest since 1985, they're going to take care of you here on the South Side. Visit them today. Make plans this weekend if you're looking for the upgrade. One half block east of 159th and Ridgeland at 6280, 159th Street. Learn more about Window and Door Superstore of Oak Forest at windowdooroakforest.com.
1: Well, let's continue to choose our own adventure here. Let's 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 let's. Talk trade, shall we? Yeah, yeah, I want to talk Let's about go to page now. 53
0: and talk <laughs> trade. I want to talk trade right now. Okay, here's my take on the trade. Just real quick. Let's summarize this up. That was a good return for a rental pitcher that is not a number one ace. Lucas Giolito's not Chris Sale, so you're not going to get the same kind of return that you got when you dealt Chris Sale a few years back, okay? But that was a good return to deal Giolito and Lopez for what you got back. You got the number two and number three prospect in the Angels system. The number two prospect transfers right over to being your number two prospect on pretty much every list here the day after the trade is over, and that's the catcher. And then the pitcher that you got depends. He's I saw one list where he was our 10th best prospect now and one where he was our fifth, but both of them are years away. Like Rick Hahn trying to sit there and tell you that they want to compete in 24 and that these guys might be able to help you out. The catcher, Caro, is 20 years old, had a great single A season last year, hitting the ball over 300 with a 965 OPS, and they promoted him the double A, and he's hitting 240. And and he's not adjusted even to double A yet, and he's only 20 years old. In fact, I saw James Fox of Future Sox saying they should actually send him to Winston-Salem and put him back in single A because he's not ready to even be in double A right now. This guy ain't coming next year. This is a deal you make for the long term, and that's the frightening thing because that's what the deal was made for by a guy who shouldn't be in charge of anything, let alone this team. And he's talking about getting ready for 24. And Is your plan to make trades like this and then try to convince us that you're really competing next year? Because you're not if this is what you're going out and you're picking up. I'm not saying it's a bad trade, but don't sit there and do that and then tell me, yeah, we're going to completely reload in 24 and be ready to compete. I, I don't see that yet. Prove that well, to me. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, but th- this is this is his M.O., isn't it? Let's get a guy who we can rush to the majors and he'll learn on the fly. And and I agree with you. I, I actually like the trade, okay? Now, I'll backtrack off of, of Caro for a second and go to Kai Bush, the pitcher. Bush was pretty advanced coming out of college from everything I've read and had a really good year at AA last year. Uh, started this year with an oblique injury and hasn't quite come back from it yet, so he's been kind of up and down. But he is maybe a guy. He is actually maybe a guy, if he's healthy – that could compete to come in and be on the Sox next year. So I, I, I think that that's not out of the realm of possibility, even though he's only had one full season in the minors. It seems like that's that's his MO. So that's a, that's a pretty good thing if this guy is for real. Now, the other thing that worries me about Kai Bush is, is that they said, while his control has been outstanding and his command and his presence on the mound have been great, uh, his stuff took a step back from from what ended up you know launching his draft status into a second rounder. So now you got a guy who the big question mark isn't necessarily can he contribute next year it's what did you get in him? Did did you get a guy who's a good control pitcher who is going to be able to get guys out cuz he understands how to pitch? And that's great, but did you get a guy that, you know, once his stuff starts to slip a little bit, he's going to turn into Michael Kopech and be eminently hittable? You know, the way Kopech, when he loses velocity or, or, you know, can't quite do anything other than throw a slider, ends up getting racked. you know, for home runs left and right. But the the catcher, I read about him and I thought, okay, this is a good pickup, 65th overall in the top pipeline, you know, in the pipeline top 100. You're right, he's the second best prospect in the White Sox system. Even with him not doing great at Double A, he's still league average for double A, which is pretty impressive for a kid his age. And you, you sit there and you go, I think the bat can play, right? Everything I've read about it sounds like this guy's going to hit when he gets to the majors, as long as you don't mess him up like, say, Andrew Vaughn and have him come up here and have to try and adjust on the fly before he's ready. And that's where I'm worried with Rick Hahn. The other problem I have with him is I was reading just a pipeline scouting report on him. Like he moves great behind the plate. He just needs to work on his receiving, his game calling, and his pitch framing. Which means basically he's not a catcher. He's an athletic kid who can hit, who likes being behind the plate, but hasn't figured out how to do it yet. And if you're going to throw him up here and be, you know, have him be a catcher, I have visions of of you know Collins, Zach Collins, when he was up here, and Dylan Cease would throw a fastball and it would pop out of the guy's glove and go trickling away because he couldn't catch. Like, literally could not catch as a catcher. So I'm I'm just hopeful that either if they do feel like his bat's going to play sooner and if he really does advance and can hit, that there's a position for him that they can find that isn't first base DH because you still have that big glut there, or you have to move on from Andrew Vaughn, or you have to move on from Aloy Jimenez. And I don't know what kind of a return you're going to get if, to your point, you're going for guys that are, are a year, if you rush them, in Kai Bush, or more likely 2025-2026 for the, the better of the two prospects that you got. But but really, you know, getting, and, and I'll say this, I think it's actually should be the credit to Rick Hahn for getting the, the top two prospects from the Angels, because the guy that was sitting above these two is Logan O'Hop, who was their start, the Angels' starting catcher at the beginning of the season before he got hurt and was out for the year. So I, his prospect status is only because he only lasted a week before he got injured and, and out for the season.
0: This trade analysis is brought to you by the Village of Lamont. Uh, Want to experience a downtown with real history, great eats and drinks, and green spaces filled with adventure? Visit the Village of Lamont, shop, dine, drink, explore. See everything they have going on this weekend. They have a free concert, I believe, like six different bands playing. They're raising money for the food pantry uh, along Market Street. Go check it out and everything else at lamontdowntown.com. Look, my biggest issue, my only concern, really, with these two guys is that They're prospects that need work and development, and you haven't shown you can do that. And they're guys you can't rush up quickly, and you have a tendency to do that too. And so, again, it's imperative on Jerry Reinsdorf to get rid of Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams and all these other people that are in there—it's imperative on Kenny Williams to do it. Like I've heard, I, we, we're hearing all kinds of whispers. Every show is getting whispers. Everybody's getting like this. This person who reaches out and goes, "I have something on the inside or whatever." I mean, I've heard everything. I've heard, I've heard that Kenny Williams is really calling the shots, and that he's been the guy that's been active. I, I've heard things like there might be some movement in the front office, and he's angry about it. I've heard about guys they're thinking about trading, and guys that they're thinking about keeping. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I do hope this. I would love, and I know it's a far-fetched thing, I would love some good to come out of the tragic early passing of Rocky Wirtz. And Jerry Reinstorff looks at that and says he was only 70. I'm a lot older than that. This is fleeting. Life is short. This was a friend of mine, and it actually affects him. And he goes, I'm, I'm just spinning my wheels here. Because otherwise, I'm going to tell you what we're going to have out there. We're going to have a couple more trades that are going to really be for prospects. And then they're going to sit there and they're going to try to convince you, don't worry, trust us this offseason. We're going to be better. And these guys who didn't perform well and who have never performed at the level we expect them to will be healthier and will perform better. And Pedro will be a better manager next year and get your season tickets now. And I don't think that's going to work. okay? Because too many season ticket holders, too many people I know, are like, when they call me, I'm going to laugh at them and tell them I'm done. I can just buy them on the secondary market when I want to go to a game. Why would I invest in this team if they won't invest in themselves? And when they keep these decision makers still in place, making the decisions, the deal is a good deal for the long term, but it should be something that benefits the next front office.
1: Well, and, and if Rick Hahn was really going to be able to make deals like this with guys that are, are contracts that are expiring that he's not going to get I, I, on a year that was down for whatever reason the sustained success means that there should have been a couple of guys already at, at Charlotte or at Birmingham that were ready to take over for Giolito if he left the rotation. But to your point about Rocky Wirtz, I find it interesting that, you know, here's a guy, yeah, he passed very suddenly. It's a very tragic thing. Uh, and, and everybody really looks at Rocky Wirtz and says, you know, kind of his legacy is thank you, Rocky, for bringing the Blackhawks back to the fans and putting them back on TV, the home games. Uh, you know, he presided over a, a short dynasty there, where, where they had the three championships, they had the three cups, and, and you just, you, you look at that and you say, you know, even with the scandal that the Blackhawks underwent, there's a very positive vibe about Rocky Wartz in his passing, and, and nobody speaks ill of the dead, but you do kind of also sense from other fandoms, like the Bears, when Virginia McCaskey dies, and we don't know how that that's going to transpire amongst the, the family, but She's been the owner for forty years, for almost she's owned the Bears as long as almost as long as as Jerry's owned the White Sox, and she's got one Super Bowl to show for it, and Jerry's got one championship to show for it. And even without scandals, even without negative negative things happening, I think people are going to be relieved to see the McCaskies not own the Bears. I think people will be relieved to see Jerry Reinsdorf not own the White Sox. You would kind of hope that Jerry would look at that and sit there and go. I better do something because that's that's how I'm going to be remembered. and and I, he's got to be able to think about stuff like that.
0: Socks in the basement listeners do the hard work.
1: You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. We did have another Choose Your Own Adventure to get to, which was Nancy Faust.
0: Oh, yeah. The last thing, Nancy Faust. And, and you know, on Tuesday, I was like, this will probably be all I talk about, right? Because we hadn't had a trade yet.
1: Yeah, there was no trade. You hadn't almost had to fight a two-year-old and a baby. Right, I,
0: I hadn't gone to the zoo that was a Cubs-Sox game. But to me, first of all, I want to say publicly, thank you. To Nancy Faust for not only the interview that we did last week, but being just so open and accessible to, you know, like going and playing at Cork and Carey at the park and Cork and Carey at the park having her there. It, it, you know what it did? It created a moment for me while I was sitting there. And there were a lot of fans there and everybody was watching her play, but it, it created a moment for me where I sat there and I said, this is what makes doing this podcast cool. Yeah, right? Uh, You know, I I was like, this is this is exactly the best part about doing it is that you get to meet somebody who when you were a kid, you were like, oh, gosh, it's so cool. She's the one that plays the organ and she smiled when you're a little kid. She wave at you and you'd be like, oh, Nancy, waved at me. Or she played a song I asked her to play or something like that. And you just that that was cool to all of a sudden get to talk to her on a personal level. Like the evening ended, people went across to the ballpark and I shared a drink with Nancy Faust and just had a conversation. And I was like, this is just neat. <laughs> like I'm just I mean she's, right. she's such a sweet woman I know she's playing in Crestwood this weekend uh she's actually gonna be there for their minor league game at Ozinga field uh at the the Thunderbolts I think she's playing on Saturday and she immediately she's like you could bring the whole family out I'll get you tickets and I feel like I've taken so much from her over the last week and a half like we're inviting me into the house her playing over at the cork like just I'm just like I don't want to ask her for anything else anymore she's already done so much not only for me, but for socks in the basement and for the, for the fans. But it was just kind of a, a fun night. And it was a fun night to see fans. Like they'd walk by and they would see her sitting there. And they at first were thinking they were listening to a recording. And then all of a sudden you'd see constantly people walking down 33rd street and stopping going, Oh man, that's Nancy Faust in there. Like th- that was the funniest part of it. Like the people that walked in, the guy who tried to tip her $5 was maybe the most cringy thing. Well, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I'm scrolling here while we're talking and I can't get over the Rick Hahn speak when it comes to the trade. I can't Rick Hahn talking about that. These guys have the ability to contribute next year. We believe we just went over how that's not even like feasible. Like at some point you just have to look at this guy and be like, I think he's just lying now. Like, I don't think he's stupid. I think he's just lying. Like, they're just lying to fans at this point. They're just saying, "Oh yeah, we traded him, and these two guys are going to be—they're going to be a piece that's going to help next year." No, they're not—not not effectively. Go, go look up. This its crazy to me that that was—that's the statement. I saw him come out of hiding because he—he he wouldn't talk, and now he's out of hiding after he makes the trade. He wants to come out there and he wants to beat his chest. You know, all he did was just look. I could have made that trade. The Angels have called, looking for Lucas Giolito. Hmm. Can we get their number one and number two prospect on MLB uh, pipeline? Uh, the number one guy is injured and uh, they don't want to move him. Huh. All right. How about the two and a three? Yeah, yeah, they'll do that. All right, make the trade. That that wasn't a difficult right. trade.
1: No, yeah. It, oh, they want you, Lito. Well, I want I want their top their top available prospects. Okay, well they'll give you their number two and their number three, but only if you throw in Ronaldo Lopez. Right, I
0: don't even know their names. I don't even know the names of their prospects. Just give me the the highest prospects they can give me on MLB pipeline.
1: Just give me those guys. Well, it does it does feel like I know you said it's not Chris Sale because Sale was under control, right? And you're not gonna get kind of the same thing back, but but tell me that's not the same blueprint of I went on MLB Pipeline, and the team that wanted him gave me their best prospect that's available. Because again, Logan O'Hop was not available. He's first of all, he's hurt. I don't, I don't think you can trade him. And second of all, I don't think he really counts as a prospect because he was on the major league roster when he got hurt. But uh, give me your okay, your top position player, and then your best pitcher. Right. And it happens that they were were two and three on the list behind O'Hop. So uh, yeah, it, it's it's a blueprint that he follows. But then we were told, weren't we, that when Mankata and Michael Kopech came that they were going to be here real soon and they were going to kick off that wave of the rebuild. And, you know, I would argue that there's a possibility that Mankata was rushed up too fast. And Kopech also was not given enough time to develop as a starter because he doesn't have an effective third pitch, as we've seen over and over again this year. So when he says that he expects him to be there in 2024, I expect him to show up to spring training and I expect them to be – To hear that these guys have a real shot at making the team, even though I guarantee you we will be watching a catcher who struggles with basic fundamental catching behind the plate and then is kind of talked up as a DH first base kind of a guy, or we'll be sitting there watching Kai Bush as a left-handed starter get kind of rushed into the rotation because, again, you just have two guys under contract for next year. Get your tickets now. Well, actually, I heard the the biggest promotion they're going to have next year, this will be worth seeing, is you and a bunch of toddlers in Cubs jerseys (laughs) fighting it out in center field during a doubleheader. That will sell tickets. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement.